You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. So we're going to go right to Scripture. We're going to study the 21st chapter of John this morning. Well, first a little background. The 21st chapter of John is the last chapter in the Gospel of John. In chapter 12, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem for the last time in what we know as Palm Sunday. That means that almost half of the Gospel of John is pertaining to Jesus' last week, leading up to the plot to have him betrayed and arrested and killed. He will share the Passover meal with his disciples for the last time. He will endure a series of illegal trials all throughout that Thursday night. He will be sentenced to a severe beating by a professional executioner, be spit upon, slapped, have his beard pulled out and a crown of thorns pressed into his head. He will fall under the weight of having to carry his own wooden cross And when he finally reaches the site of the crucifixion early Friday morning, he will suffer the pain of his hands and feet being nailed to the cross. Six hours later, Jesus would die for the sins of the world. His death in your place. But that's not the end of the story. Just as he promised no less than six times, on the third day, He rose again from the dead. That's John chapter 20. His conquering death in the grave is what we celebrate on Easter morning. So by John 20, the resurrection has already taken place. In fact, John 20 will go on to say that Jesus will meet with his disciples on at least two occasions. Then chapter 21 opens with this. Afterward... Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus. Thomas is Aramaic, Didymus is Greek. They both mean the same thing, twin. Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee. The sons of Zebedee, we know that to be James and John. And two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John's description of himself, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore about a hundred yards. The rest of the story is that they got out of the boat and the first 
prayer breakfast ever recorded took place. And then Jesus says to Simon Peter, actually asks him three times, do you love me? The message of this is simple. Jesus loves us as we are, not as we should be. Jesus longs for more of you. He longs for you to be more faith-filled. He longs for you to grow, but to grow in the context that he loves you as you are, not as you should be. The world, on the other hand, only loves us as we should be. And because of this, most of us go out and seek and strive and do just to be loved. And Jesus says, I love you as you are. Now, with that understanding, I want to ask you this question. How do you treat someone when they don't meet your expectations? Think about that for a moment. When someone who has not been who you need them to be, when someone has not lived up to who they said they would be, well, let's make it a little clear. They were wrong, you were right. Let's say they borrowed some money and never paid it back. Let's say they said they would pick you up at a certain time and they never showed up. Let's say that they promised to never talk about you behind your back, but word gets back to you that they talked about you behind your back. They're wrong. You're right. How do you deal with someone who doesn't meet your expectations, who has wronged you? Maybe you've gotten married and expected certain things from your spouse, and it hasn't come about. And it should have come about. And there's no reason it shouldn't have come about except for selfishness, and you were wronged. Maybe you've been in school and dealt with a situation where kids have talked about you behind your back, or some friends haven't been there for you, or your teacher didn't give you the grade you deserved. Jesus was faced with a similar situation with the apostle Peter. Peter was one that that Jesus had spent a, a lot of emphasis and energy into, a lot of emotion, a lot of a lot of training. And Peter was the person who talked too much, too quickly, and oftentimes didn't know what he was saying. We see in one passage where Peter gives one of the greatest affirmations of who Jesus is in all of Scripture when he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in just a few verses, Jesus had to say to him, get behind me, Satan. Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth. At the Last Supper, Peter said to Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. But when Jesus tried to explain it, Peter said, okay, then then wash all of me. A little later, Jesus says, you're going to deny even knowing me. Peter says, I'll never deny you. Guess who was right? Peter even had expectations of himself that he couldn't live up to. And that's another question. How do you treat yourself when you don't live up to your own expectations? That night of Jesus' arrest, Peter does deny knowing Jesus. And he does it three times, just as Jesus predicted. And at that third denial, we're told in Luke that at that moment, the eyes of Jesus and Peter met. 
and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Have you ever reached that point? You just want to cry. Maybe on the one hand, you've tried to meet your parents' expectations. You've tried to be all you can be to your wife or husband. Or or maybe you haven't tried. But you're just tired and you want to cry. On the other hand, maybe you're the person who's been wronged. And the person who wronged you doesn't understand or doesn't care. And you just want to cry. And sometimes we tell people, we teach our kids, don't cry. But Peter hurt and he he went out and he wept. What did he weep over? I'm such a failure. I haven't done right. Jesus is going to build his church upon me. I'm supposed to be a rock. I don't even have the courage to say I know him. Sure, I tried to pull out my sword during Jesus' arrest and cut off a guy's head, and I just got his ear, and Jesus put it back on and looked at me as if to say, if you can't get his whole head, just leave him alone. So now it's after the resurrection. and Peter says in John 21, look, guys, I'm going fishing. The expression in Greek, I'm going, can also mean to withdraw or to retire. Peter could well be saying, I quit. I can't do it. You see, when someone doesn't meet your expectations, let's say a child that looks up to you, pretty soon they're going to get discouraged. The Greek verb means, I quit. I can't do it. I was on the mission. Now I'm off. I give up. A person who lives long enough in unmet expectations with that discouragement and that disappointment pretty soon ends up saying, there's something wrong with me, I quit. And that person will distance themselves from you and seek to move out of your life. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And six of the other disciples say, we're going with you. So they go fishing, which is a little strange because you've ever read in Scripture where they've ever caught anything. It seems like they're the worst fishermen. They just mend their nets a lot. So Peter and the rest were really returning to something they weren't very successful at. It says in the Bible, they fished all night and caught nothing. They're still out on the water. From there, they see a man on the shore that they don't recognize. And that man that they don't recognize calls out to them, throw the net on the right side of the boat. Imagine that. They had been fishing on the wrong side of the boat all night. Who knew just 10 feet in this direction was a school of fish just huddled together. And they caught more fish than they could handle. And then John says to Peter, It's Jesus. Peter jumps in the water, we assume, so that he could get to shore quickly. At the same time, it's probably more than he can take in. I mean, when we've disappointed someone, we're sure that they don't want to be with us, hang out with us. Peter may even be thinking that the Lord wants to scold him, and he'd have a right to, so might as well get this over with. Jesus is there. And remember, Jesus loves us as we are, not as we should be. But that doesn't mean he won't confront us. Love can be tough. If someone has wronged us, hurt us, 
They need to know it. But here's the thing. They need to know it in an atmosphere of unconditional love. Unconditional love says, I'm not going to walk away from you just because you disappointed me. You are more important than the disappointment. But I will tell you what I think you need to hear. And many times at that point, we want to shoot the messenger. Friends, love can be tough. But we don't confront so that we can get our anger out and then walk away. We get our anger out. And then we confront so that we can move ahead with a relationship. Do you get the order? Jesus looks over at Peter, and I don't think at all angrily. And he asks, do you love me? Now, the Greek word that Jesus uses there is agape. And it's literally a, an unconditional love. It's a love that's, that's built on the commitment of the will. That's how God loves you and me. He is so committed to loving us unconditionally. God made a commitment to you. He will not walk away from you. When you walk away from God, He is still committed to you. When you disobey God, He is still committed to you. When you step into sin, God is still committed to you. Do you know that it's an insult to God to think that your sin is greater than His grace? Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with an unconditional love? Peter responds, you know that I love you. But the word he uses in Greek is phileo. It's a different word. Phileo is love among friends, brotherly love. It's more of, I'll love you if you love me. I'll be nice to you if you're nice to me. Perhaps for the first time, Peter is actually thinking before he's speaking. He says, look, Lord, I denied you. I can't do it. You want agape? I can't give you unconditional, unfailing love. I can't give you that. I'll give you instead the best I can give you. Oh, what does Jesus do here? I mean, he has spent his entire three years of ministry with Peter and the others. And he told Peter, upon you, I will build my church. What does Jesus do? What do you do? You confront a person, they hear what you want, but then they're honest and they say, I can't give you that. Jesus says a second time, Peter, do you love me? And again, Jesus uses agape, that unconditional love. And Peter responds a second time, I love you as a friend. And again, Peter cannot meet Jesus' expectations. Now what does Jesus do? Does he dismiss Peter and move on to James or John or one of the other disciples? For the third time, Jesus asks, Peter, do you love me? And this time, Jesus changes the word for love. Peter, will you love me like a friend? Will you love me like a brother? It's as if Jesus says, I know you can't be all that I want you to be right now. Maybe that's a little too much for you. But I believe you're giving your all. Maybe that person who wrongs you comes to you and says, I'm sorry, and, and you don't want to forgive them. 
Maybe you've not talked to a parent or a friend or a brother or a sister who would long to hear your voice because they said, I'm sorry, but you've come back at them saying, for what you did, you can never be forgiven. Jesus saw in Peter that day an honesty that made him say, that made Jesus say, if I can't get agape, I'll take phileo and one day it will be agape. For you see, I will walk with you. I won't lower the bar, but I'll bring you to where I want you to be. Tradition tells us that Peter went on to be one of the greatest disciples of Jesus Christ. And that upon his death, he asked them to crucify him upside down because he said he didn't deserve to die the way the Lord Jesus did. Peter was the father of the early church, wrote some of the New Testament books. Jesus did not dismiss him. Your kid may strike out at bat and come to you disappointed. What are you going to say? We're not going to McDonald's because you struck out. You didn't make what you should have made. You didn't make the grade. And with that, we communicate, unless you meet my standard, unless you are what I want you to be, I'm not going to love you so much. And Jesus wants us to know we don't have that option. Because he says, you are to forgive as freely as I have forgiven you. Some of you may need to make a phone call today because someone longs to hear your voice. Some of you need to pick a child up in your arms and say, I love you just for who you are. Let me tell you what you don't need to do. If you do this, you've missed the whole point. You don't need to go home to the person you live with and say, did you hear what Paul had to say? You're to love me as I am. That's not the message of today. The message of today is this. I will seek to be all I can be, and God has called me to be. And in this relationship and in this family, I will seek to live out what Jesus is trying to do in me. I want to invite you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Picture in your mind maybe someone you've let down by not trying to respond to them. Maybe you're holding back your forgiveness. Picture that person for a moment. And then realize that holding back forgiveness is eating you up and you need to let it go. Picture those little ones that run around your feet. When was the last time you picked them up, put your arms around them and said, I love you? Father in heaven. I pray that today you touch hearts. Help us to live the words that we speak so that they're not hollow. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org 
and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.